Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Danny Parkins Show. Yeah, let's do this. My name is Danny Parkins. This is The Danny Parkins Show. CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com sports, Sirius 206. Thank you so much for ending your weekend with me. Maybe you're beginning your work week. I just appreciate you hanging out. As we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio, Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. You can interact with me on Twitter at Danny Parkins. The number around here is 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Before we get out of here tonight, I will give you my definitive list of teams that can win the Super Bowl this year. We'll go over why I hate NFL training camps and one of my biggest pet peeves in sports caused a terrible headline in football already this season, but I'm going to do something bold for a talk show host. It's uh, not what the bosses normally recommend, but I'm going to start as we're here on over 200 radio stations and our own satellite radio channel and one of the fastest-growing audio apps in the world, I want to start with something that I know very little about, and that is boxing. I am a casual boxing fan. I am a casual UFC fan, but I am a fan. I've spent... Hundreds and hundreds of dollars in my life on combat sports pay-per-views. I've spent hundreds, if not over a thousand dollars in my life easily gambling on combat sports. I enjoy them. But I think we should have an honest conversation. Experts. Casual fans, people who find it to be barbaric, people who are indifferent about what cost is acceptable for our entertainment. Because I honestly don't know how many of you know that in the last week, two professional boxers have died Because of injuries sustained in the ring. Within six days of each other. I was shocked by it. Because last Friday, July 19th. When Maxime Dadashev died after a Friday night fight that aired on ESPN Plus that was here in the U.S. Fight happened in Maryland. Russian fighter. That was the first boxing death that occurred in the U.S. since 2009. 
And I didn't know what the history of this was, but I've been doing a decent amount of reading on this this week. But again, I wouldn't claim to be an expert. We have Jerry Cooney coming on within the next hour. 31 professional fights fought Ken Norton, Michael Spinks, George Foreman, Larry Holmes. He is an expert. He's been in the ring. He's understood the risks. So he'll weigh in coming up in just a little bit. But I didn't know what the rate of this was. I didn't know what the frequency was. And as I am looking it up after the travesty with Dadashev, I realized that at that time, six boxers prior to Dadashev had died in the last three years. Or he was the sixth. And then... Hugo Alfredo Santillan was the seventh professional boxer who now has died in the last three years. Now, these are clearly statistical anomalies that they happen so close to each other, but it is in no way, shape, or form an anomaly for multiple fighters to die in a year. This is from Wikipedia, so if you want to discredit it, By all means, go ahead, but there are news sources attached to all of this, but it's just a neatly organized list. So here it goes. Lists of deaths due to injuries sustained in boxing. Two in 2019, the two that happened within six days of each other in the last week. Two in 2018, two in 2017, one in 2016, then a couple of years without, but two in 2013, two in 2012, And on and on we go. The rate is by no appearance slowing down. Sometimes you can go a couple of years without one. Sometimes you'll have two or three in a year. It used to be a little bit more frequent. I was reading an article that Ring Magazine reported that 52 deaths, uh, or excuse me, that 22 deaths happened in the year 1952-53 over that calendar year. Uh, 22 deaths happened in one year. So the rate is not necessarily increasing, but it's also not slowing down. And I want to ask a question of why isn't this a bigger deal? Why people don't care more? And what is an acceptable risk? 855-212-4227. And let me say on the front end, that I do not believe prohibition works. I don't think prohibition works with alcohol. I don't think it's worked in the war on drugs. I don't think it works with marijuana. I don't think it works with sports gambling. Like if there is a market for something, people are going to find it. And generally speaking, when things are regulated, things are safer So I am not under any sort of false pretenses. This isn't some, you know, 32-year-old liberal, although I I guess I am both of those things. But I'm not up on some sort of soapbox here preaching and being judgmental of why people get into boxing and calling for its banishment or anything like that. Like, I, there's a market for it. I am in that market for it. I enjoy it. And if boxing was outlawed, it would just go to an underground where it would not be regulated. And I have no reason to believe that that would be safer. So 
boxing's here to stay. And I want to know what we do with it. Like I was reading one article from Bob Arum, one of the most famous uh, promoters in the game, who said that he would be paying the funeral expenses for uh, Dadashev and that he would be making a sizable contribution to a GoFundMe that set, was set up to uh, support his wife and young child. Great. I have no idea how much that how much money is. I don't know how you put uh, a dollar figure on a 28-year-old fighter's life who, by the way, doesn't have a union. Do most people know that? That fighters, mixed martial artists, wrestlers, that they are independent contractors? Do most people know that? That there are not pensions and lifelong health insurance for our modern-day gladiators who we gamble on and cheer and get bloodthirsty for? And it's primal. Like you, I remember the first fight I watched. First fight I watched happened to be Tyson Holyfield. I was 10 years old, 1996. Then I had friends over to watch Holyfield Lennox Lewis in 1999. Bunch of 13-year-olds. Parents ordered the pay-per-view, provided the pizza and the popcorn, and we watched two heavyweights go at it. On the old box TVs, too. You know, the big, like, big 50-inch TV that weighed, like, two tons. It, it was a great night. Great night of sport. Remember being very confused with uh, Tyson Holyfield, but Holyfield Lennox Lewis made a little bit more sense. But it's an odd thing to me that an up-and-coming fighter in a fight broadcast on ESPN Plus could die from injuries sustained in the ring in the United States and simply because he's not a bigger name, that's not a bigger deal. But the cause, the cost of entertainment being death is one that normally moves the needle. And I'm curious why you think it isn't at 855-212-4227. Certainly, I think some of it's celebrity. Thir- certainly, I think some of it is the overall popularity of boxing diminishing. Some of it, apparently, is that we've learned more about subconcussive hits to the head and brain trauma and CTE. And we're no longer naive to the idea that, yeah, getting punched in the head, getting hit in the head, getting tackled, having to wear a helmet, whatever the case may be, probably not good for your health. So there is an inherent risk that we know of, but death twice in six days strikes me as a bit extreme And then where you go from there is you start looking at what people are saying in the sport. A promoter, uh, Lou DiBella, went viral on Twitter. He has worked with uh, Deontay Wilder, one of the best fighters in the game right now. He said that the deaths, uh, he did not want to attend an upcoming boxing exhibition and quote, as a sport or industry, we have to look in the mirror and I myself have to look in the mirror. A BBC boxing correspondent, Mike Costello, was quoted as saying, it's a scary feeling. I didn't know that, uh, I didn't know the story of Ray Boom Boom Mancini when he knocked out a South Korean fighter who died in 1982. Boxing reduced championship fights from 15 rounds to 12. Like, I didn't know that a death in the ring was why we have 12 round title fights now. I knew there was no union 
but I didn't know that there was no sort of income stream for fighters at all in terms of a pension with their promoters, their agents, any sort of financial planning. I also didn't know that in the UFC, there have been zero deaths. The UFC launched in 1993. There have been zero mixed martial arts deaths in the UFC since 1993. This according to an article I read on The Guardian. But in pro boxing, sanctioned boxing fights, there have been 30 deaths since 1993. Boxing is crazy. And that's because in the UFC, you're much more likely to get knocked out real quick in the fight to stop. More likely to have a broken bone. More likely to get bloodied. It is gorier. It appears to be more graphic, but because the gloves in boxing are bigger, people are like, oh, they're softer, so that's to protect your head. The gloves in boxing are bigger to protect your hands. So when you're throwing a punch, your hands don't break, so you can throw more punches. But then also, as a result of that, yeah, guys are so big and strong now, they can take more hits. Dadashev, if you watch the video, he didn't want the fight to stop. Guy dies. He's fought 11 rounds. He's never lost before. He's actively campaigning for the fight not to stop. So we got to do something to protect these fighters from themselves. Guys in their corner are often incentivized financially to keep a fight going. Referees, some are well-trained, some aren't. There's not any sort of uniformity to this all over the world where sanctioned fights happened. It's the Wild West, man. Boxing is just this, like, renegade Wild West thing. And we're like, ah, well, you know, it's not Tyson and Don King back in the day. And, you know, DAZN is doing good work. And Bob Arum's doing good work. And by all accounts, they are, by the way. But in terms of uniformity across a fight that could happen in Mexico or Russia or the United States or the UK or Canada or South Korea or Puerto Rico or Thailand, all countries, by the way, way, where fighters have died in the last decade, there's not uniformity among fights in all of those places. It feels to me like this is an obvious place for reform and boxing needs to shore things up, but... I'm just blown away that it's not a bigger story. Are you? 855-212-4227. Given that prohibition doesn't work, what should we do to rein this in with boxing? Because this rate of death for our entertainment doesn't seem acceptable when the quote-unquote more brutal UFC has had no death since it's launched. Feels like boxing needs to reform here if we're going to be able to justify it ethically for it to continue. 855-212-4227. We'd love to hear from you. A former professional fighter will join us coming up soon. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. It is the Danny Parkin Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Leading with boxing tonight because there were two deaths in a week, and no one seems to care. Gets on the bottom line scroll on ESPN for a minute. They talk to Max Kellerman. There's an article. We move on. Six days later, another fighter dies. 
I didn't see it. I didn't see a segment with Max Kellerman. I didn't see a big time article about that one. That fight didn't happen on ESPN's airways. It didn't happen in America, but still a sanctioned professional bout that led to a death. There've been no deaths in the UFC 30 in boxing since it launched. According to one report, the lists are inconsistent, but you go out and you look, it feels like a fighter dies from boxing just about every year. We've now had two in the last, in a six-day span this year. There's no pension. There's no long-time health insurance. There's not uniformity across different classifications and leagues of boxing. Federations, I think, is the better term in terms of, you know, a fight in Russia against a fight in Puerto Rico against a fight in the U.S. and that sort of thing. There are incentives sometimes for a corner man to keep a fight going monetarily, a fighter to keep a fight going monetarily, different levels of training for referees in order to stop a fight. Jerry Cooney fought Ken Norton, Michael Spinks, George Foreman, Larry, Larry Holmes, 31 professional fights. He'll join us in a little bit to give us the fighter perspective. But why is this a bigger deal and what should boxing do? Because it feels to me like... If we can get something that appears to be more barbaric and scratch that itch for us of, hey, let's be honest, it's primal, we enjoy it, two people fighting for our entertainment, they're going into it knowing what they're getting into, prohibition doesn't work, it's not going to be outlawed, but the UFC has created something that, at least in the immediacy, doesn't kill its participants. Boxing has a tendency to, eh, it's a statistical rarity, but it still happens, and it feels like it happens at too large of a rate. Why don't people care what can be done about it? 855-212-4227 is the number. Let's go to Vegas. Lots of fights happen there. Alvin, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for calling. Hey, man. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, I was like you when I saw it, and I saw the dearth of actual news coverage of it. You know, uh, it, you know it caught my attention. Uh, I'm from the East Coast, uh, the Washington, D.C. area. So the fact that this guy was in, you know, was in Maryland fighting, you know, I grew up in the backyard of, of uh, Ray Leonard. Uh, so I've seen quite a few fights and have enjoyed it. Um, so, uh, you know, I think there needs to be something done. And, you know, the comparison to UFC, you know, I was just thinking maybe because they have fewer rounds and, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, you don't really have to punch a guy out. You can choke a guy out or you can bend his arm to get him out, that may have something to do with the uh, amount of deaths in there. It's like, you know, break my arm, choke me out, but, you know, you're not going to pound me in my face for 10 or 11 uh, rounds. Uh, I think what the UFC championship fights are, are five rounds and some of the undercards are three. Yeah, so five five-minute rounds. I, I, I actually I talked to a buddy of mine who uh, – more of a friend of a friend, but I, I know him – who is a manager for UFC fighters, and he said the simplest explanation for it is in the UFC, the fights when they end, they end real quick. There's not, there's not the drawn-out things where – you know in boxing that one fighter is going to beat the other fighter after, you know, three, four rounds, but there's eight rounds left, and that, that fighter who's winning the fight, he's not going to knock the guy out, but he's going to keep winning on the card, and so then over the rest of the fight, he lands a hundred more headshots to a fighter who, for all intents and purposes, has already lost. Like, he, the guy who knows better than me said that's the single biggest difference. Great, great. Well, maybe we can – there needs to be something done because um, – you can't kind of like just turn the page. 
I think that's what happened with these two fights, the, the American public and the sporting world in terms of broadcasters other than yourself. Uh, I think they just turned the page. Well, listen, there's no question, and Alvin, I appreciate it. Like, There's no question that this is something that most people don't want to think about. And because the fighters who died are not mainstream top names, that there's not the celebrity component. So it's easy for the media to just move on, right? Like we all agree that if this was Deontay Wilder, it'd be a bigger deal. But if it was Deontay Wilder, I still don't think a lot of change would happen because it's inherent in the sport. It's just a, um, those numbers just blew me away. And I will admit that part of this right now is me identifying a problem without a solution. But, yo, those numbers just seem high. Like, they just flat out seem high. And it doesn't jive. It doesn't make you feel good. Like, there's a conflict, I think, within most rational thinking people who can say, I know boxing's not going away. I know that I enjoy watching a big fight. I know I'll cheer a big punch or a knockout. But, yo, people are actually dying? Like, that doesn't doesn't feel right. That doesn't make you feel good about it. But since you know it's not going away, you want to make it the safest thing that you can, whether that's regulating and making sure that all of the healthcare across these fights are standardized or the fights don't last as long or fights get called quicker. Like how, how common is it for a guy to be winning on the card after six or seven rounds? And then the guy who's losing to land a one hit knockout punch in the ninth round. Maybe we lose some of those upsets, but in exchange, we call fights sooner and guys don't take as many punches to the head. I'm just spitballing here, but this death rate seems way too high. Jerry Cooney was a professional fighter. He'll give us the fighter perspective. If you're on hold, stay there. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. All right, welcome back into the Danny Parkin Show on CBS Sports Radio, Sirius 206. It did not feel right having this conversation we're having about the deaths in boxing over the last week and whether or not it should be a bigger deal without having the insight for someone who's actually been in the ring. So my next guest is Jerry Cooney, who had 31 professional fights. He fought some of the biggest names in the sport, George Foreman, Larry Holmes, Michael Spinks, Ken Norton. He was 28-3 and as a professional, and he's on uh, Monday and Friday. Friday on Sirius channel 156 from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And he's got a book out, Gentleman Jerry, a contender in the ring, a champion in recovery. Jerry, thanks so much for the time. Well, it's great to be on with you. Thank you for having me. So I appreciate that very much. Um, seven deaths in three years, two, yeah. two in the last week. What should What is appropriate reaction in terms of the uh, scope and scale of this story? Well, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a very big tragedy for these guys. They get in the ring and they and they lose their lives. I mean, it's just for some reason it seems to follow boxing. And I'm sure it's in football. You hear about it in football in the summer times. You hear, you know, in all other you know sports events. But boxing seems to get hit every once in a while. The guys are taking too many shots. And listen, these guys need to be. The referees got to do a better job being close at watching it and. Uh, and the doctor's got to, you know, call, call hold to the fight. I mean, Buddy McGurk from uh, Brentwood, Long Island, he really did a great thing 
um, uh, telling the fighter, listen, we got to stop this fight. You're taking too many shots, too many unanswered punches. And, uh, and so, you know, you know, Buddy McGurk went to the doctor and told him we got to stop because the fighter did not want to stop. He wanted to keep going. Right, that was in the so. case with with uh, with Dadashev. I just, you know, some of these instances, guys go out to dinner and then have an issue, right? Some of them walk out of the ring and then have an issue. Uh, Dadashev was saying that he wanted the fight to continue when it finally got called. So I guess I, I don't know if refs, cornermen, fighting culture, it seems like if they're going to get in the ring, this risk is going to be there. And that's true, and... Sometimes it's just an act of God that these people get taken. I mean, it's it's uh, it's got to be you know monitored a lot better. And I think realistically, you got to monitor in the gym as well. These guys are going to the gym; they're boxing with small gloves on, 10, 12, 12 ounce gloves on, and and they're taking beatings in the gym. Your body's wearing out. You know, I, I came up with an idea that we should be boxing with twenty four ounce gloves. You get in better shape. And you are in better condition and you don't get hurt. But uh, people, you know, people have been used to the Philadelphia ring wars. I understand there are no more, but there are a lot of ring wars every day in the training uh, arena. And we got to watch and monitor that a little better. Jerry, why do you think this isn't a bigger story? Well, obviously it would be a bigger story if it was, you know, a more well-known fighter, if it was, you know, uh, Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder or uh, Andy Ruiz or some of the other great fighters, uh, um, Alvarez or one of those guys. And so it's getting pushed under the rug, but it's, it's been that way. I mean, we, we look at it for a short period of time, and then we kind of just accept it that that's a part of life. And we have to make changes for that. we got to have more professionals, more, uh, my opinion is we need more boxing guys doing the officiating, doing the refereeing, and and because they know the game a lot better than some of these lay people. We're talking to Jerry Cooney, his book, Gentleman Jerry, a contender in the ring, a champion in recovery, 31 professional fights. So he certainly is an expert of what it's like to be inside that ring and face that danger. Is this the type of thing where, all of the fighters who put on the gloves and get inside the ring understand and maybe think, you know what, this is an acceptable risk. I've chosen this. Well, I think nobody, you think that way, you won't fight. And I'm thinking, there was a guy last night, Hooker, got knocked out by Ramirez last night, and he was so grateful that the referee was in, stepped in and stopped the fight. You know, listen, it's also dealing with human people, so... Sometimes we don't respond as quickly as we need to, but we need to do some more training for that. Right. I guess the the idea of more training is so tough, right? Like a guy like Dadashev, I think he had, what, 13 professional fights? So, so like so, some guys can die after 13 fights, and another guy can have 100, 100 fights and never show any effect. So it, it's very difficult to predict. Well, you know, there's also Dr. Lisa Ravden from NYU University. They said that she told us that we can take a test now and you can see if you have a gene that's just susceptible to it. So she asked me if I would want to take the test and I said, no, what do I want to know that for? But there's got to be more testing done. These guys got to be monitored a little more closely. And I still believe, like I told you in the beginning, 
They're going to have to monitor these gym workouts a little more because that's where the, the pounding, you box with four and five different guys every day. It's a lot of work. And wait, a lot a lot of, uh, you know, rough, rough, rough boxing going on. Wait, so, so Jerry, you're saying that if there was a test that they could have given you that would have said, you know, your brain is susceptible to hemorrhaging or bleeding from uh, multiple hits to the head. Dementia. Would not, yeah, you, 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 would not, you would not have wanted to take that test? Well, I mean, this was after my career was over, but the tests are available now. And uh, I don't know if they're very expensive or what, but I didn't want, I was after my career was over. What do I want to know that for? That possible to get dementia or something like that. If I get it, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, of course. I guess I'm just saying like for, the, for these guys here, like, I, I I wonder if if we if there would have been a test that could have said, man, you know, th- this guy's brain is not capable of of taking this sort of uh, pounding. Some people are built for it. Some people aren't. Well, I mean, this kid that you're talking about was undefeated. He hadn't lost before. He was yep. an up and coming guy. He'd been he was on the A side of the game, and he just, you know, unfortunately, listen. I pray for those people. I love those fighters. I, you know, they. It's just a bad, a bad. You know, something bad happens once in a while, and you hear about it once in a while, and then it goes away. But I still think we have to have better reform always and have people paying more hands-on attention to these guys in the gyms. What about after the fetch? So, you you know, you think re- reform and in the gyms and all of that, even though some of these deaths and a lot the deaths we're talking about happen in fights in the ring, but I'm curious, like, you know, there's not pension, right? After you guys uh, retire, there, there's not lifetime health insurance. Does the federation, does boxing, the industry, do enough when these tragedies happen? Well, you know, unfortunately, we're independent contractors now. When you're going to fight, there is an insurance you are covered in, um, for insurance for a period of time. I don't know what that time is, but obviously, more needs to be done. Right, I mean, the idea of you guys being independent contractors is really, con- yeah, yeah, that's really convenient for the promoters and right. the pay-per-view people of the world. That doesn't sound great for boxers. Well, I mean, that's that's the game. That's the, you know, obviously, you know, we're not really, they don't really educate the fighters to, you know, have a good plan to make a lot of money and save it because they want you to keep fighting in a lot of, uh, most of them. But you know we need to we need to pay attention. Like you're saying, this is a great topic to be talking about. And I'm going to be talking about it on my radio show tomorrow night. And we have to, you know, find a way to to make the percentage down lower. And yeah, nothing's not, nothing's uh, you know you, you know it's, there are going to be problems no matter what you do. But we need to take the the percentage, make it a lot lower. Right, like I said, I, I'm not naive enough to say that boxing is going to be outlawed, right? Pro, prohibition doesn't work, so so it's not going away. But when we talk about it and you say things like, you know, uh, it's just it's the game, it, it's how it's always been, that's kind of the conversation I'm interested in. Like, we've been doing it one way for so long, and now we know more about repeated hits to the head and brain trauma, where it, it feels like maybe a reform and, and an overhaul needs to happen to, to protect these fighters in some cases from themselves. Well, I think also, listen, boxing has evolved as, as well. We got guys like Bob Arum in top rank. We got The Zone. We got Showtime. We have uh, Joe DiGuardi. We got pretty good guys in there that are paying attention. They're looking to help boxing get better all the, all the way. But, you know, it's, uh, 
accidents do happen, unfortunately. You know, we get in the car, we give our kids a car and, and get them insurance. We hope that they're never going to get in an accident. Unfortunately, they do. And, and boxing is the same thing, you know. We get in there to fight. We're gladiators. I mean, I think also, what about MMA? I mean, that's even more brutal. Well, but okay, so like that's interesting that you bring it up. I was reading a story in The Guardian that it said uh, since the UFC launched for MMA in 1993, there have been zero deaths because the fights usually end quicker is the is the theory, right? They, it is more brutal. There are more broken bones. It is bloodier, but the repeated hits to the head, you know, those fights get stopped. And since 1993, there have been 30 deaths in boxing. So 30 in boxing and zero in the UFC. Well, and, you know, I think that and part of that is the officials, the referees, do an outstanding job of getting in and paying attention most of the time. I mean, obviously you're not going to be able to be a hundred percent all the time, but listen, that's, that's a great, that's a great, uh, you know, analogy of these guys. There's no murders. There's no deaths in the, in the ring. A bigger thing is all these athletes now are doing steroids. Now you bring steroids into the ring and you hurt somebody and they pass away. That's murder right now. The uh, sanctioning bodies, they're slapping these guys on the wrist, giving them three months or five months, you know, suspension or six-month suspension. That's not anything. That's, a, that's one training camp. You can still go and train and still take a fight at the end of six months. So, you know, we need to really tighten up. I mean, listen, football's bad, too. You know, uh, I mean, that's a, a very tough sport, grueling, getting hit, and hit by 200, 300-pound guys. It's kind of hard. So, listen, we need to definitely, I'm with you 100%. We got to get somebody, a national commission, someone who oversees around the country or the world where they pay attention to what's going on. And we haven't had that because the government doesn't really want to get involved. And I don't think the boxers want the government to get involved. But something's got to happen. I, that was what I was going to ask you. What about the boxers? What the ones you talk to on your show, the ones you're in touch with, the, the boxers of this generation, do you think they're on board with change or do they think uh, this is just what we did, what we're in for? The only problem with boxing is that the guys who make it, the wealthy guys, they're a small percentage. They don't need it. The guys that really need it have no voice. To understand, they, they go in the gym, they spar partners, they're trying to get to the top, they don't make it to the top, then they become an opponent. Do you understand? So it's a, a very fine-lined um, situation that, you know, the guys that really need it, they have plenty of money, they're protected, they go to the doctor, they're checked. The other guys, not that way always. His name is Jerry Cooney, 31 professional fights, some of the biggest names in the game, Michael Spinks, George Foreman, Ken Norton. His book is Gentleman Jerry, a contender in the ring, a champion in recovery, and you can hear him on Sirius Monday and Friday nights, channel 156 from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. That book, by the way, available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Jerry, thank you so much for the time and uh, the insight. I really appreciate it. Listen, love talk to you. Anytime you need me, call me, all right? Absolutely. I'm going to have to do that because uh, it's not every day you get to talk to someone who stood in the ring with Ken Norton and George Foreman and Larry Holmes and I'd love to get uh, stories from uh, Jerry Cooney sometime, but 
it's that conflict, right? Like I would love to hear stories about what it was like to step into the ring against George Foreman. But in the news this week, two fighters died and no one's talking about it. It's a, it's a conflicted thing because I know it's not going away. Here's the thing. Boxing is a precursor and an example of a sport that while it isn't thriving like it was 25 plus years ago, it ain't going away. And some people think that football will go the way of boxing. People who don't have any other options will do it. It'll be the sport that the rich class is like, huh, not my kids. But if they want to beat in their heads for my enjoyment, like that's messed up. There is some truth to it as a, a history. I mean, that's part of boxing's history, right? The point of entry, the barrier of entry is basically non-existent. It is an, ex- an expensive sport to start up. You don't need to rent ice time like, like hockey. You don't need to be on a team, a travel team in baseball or basketball. You don't need to rent a gym. You can just, a couple of people can start sparring. So boxing ain't going away, but the idea of improving the safety of it as best we can. And I recognize, by the way, that it's a difficult task. My guy, uh, Brandon BH in Mo on Twitter says standardization is going to be hard because people who can't be licensed by a state might fight on a reservation casino or a foreign country or something like that. Sure. Global standardization is going to be tough, but feels like we need to do better for a sport with this level of death. If you're on hold and want to join the conversation of what's acceptable and not in boxing, stay there. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.